Hi, this is Ben, and welcome to Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing knowledge about the human body and giving you glimpses into life in medical school. This podcast is a personal project for entertainment and is not professional medical advice. The views expressed here are my own and are not the views of my medical school. Welcome back. It's Sunday, October 4th, 2020. And it was a packed week, and I still have some studying to do after I record this episode. The main topic today that I wanted to cover is genetics. We just finished the first week, and we have pretty much covered maybe a third of a semester of undergraduate genetics. The pace is fast, but I honestly love the high speed of the lectures. Um, And I'm really constantly impressed by how keen everybody in the class is, like the questions that my my classmates are asking are really on point and the professors expect things to run very snappily and they start on time and they don't waste any time. Um, sometimes that goes a little overboard, like a quote that I sometimes hear from one professor, uh, this PowerPoint slide takes a little while to understand. So you're going to have to look at it later moving on. (laughs) Um, but I love that professor and, um, their classes are never, never boring, and I always learn a ton. Um, some of the takeaways from the first week are just how flexible and complicated the genetic code is. We always hear that DNA is the blueprint for our human body, but that metaphor breaks down pretty quickly under scrutiny, or I guess you could say it only scratches the surface of what DNA and genetics is all about. Um, For example, when you make a building from a set of plans, the plans stay the same the whole time, but that's not the case for our DNA. Our DNA changes all the time. Um, In response to aging, from UV rays, from sunlight, but then even physical and mental stress and trauma can change your DNA, and that modifies the blueprint. That field, by the way, is called epigenetics, meaning on top of genetics or overlaying genetics. And I think we'll be learning about that more tomorrow, actually. So I'll hope to talk about that a little bit sometime soon. The other thing to think about is RNA. So we talk about DNA as the blueprint, but RNA are the temporary copies of the blueprint. Um, You wouldn't want to necessarily send the whole blueprint whenever you just wanted to make, uh, you know, one archway or something. But this is where it gets really interesting because um, there's an extra level of control in the body since the body can do lots of things with these copies that it can't do with the real blueprint. Um, The RNA twists itself up, interlocks together, and actually starts doing work all by itself. So it's like if you had a stack of blueprints on your desk and then came back an hour later and they had shaped themselves into rolls of duct tape that were taping other blueprints together in new ways. Like what? (laughs) It gets really abstract quickly and it just shows that you can't really rely on a single metaphor to describe all of these things. And that's why it's so fun to learn. Uh, It wouldn't be medical school if there weren't human diseases and kind of heart-wrenching real-world situations just waiting around the corner in any lecture. Um, And genetics is no different. 
we learned that 15% of known pregnancies end in spontaneous abortions. Basically, that means of people that know that they've become pregnant, 15 out of 100 of those pregnancies will end in an abortion just from some sort of process that happened in the body. And of those spontaneous endings of a pregnancy, about 94% are related to big errors in the copying of the DNA when the sperm was formed and when the egg was formed. And if the right or the wrong ones meet up and start to make a fetus, that's going to be possibly not a viable fetus. Switching gears a little bit, uh, I got to sit in on a Zoom panel discussion with Dr. Mona Hanna-Atisha, who is the pediatrician in Flint who blew the whistle on the water contamination there, the lead crisis in Flint water. She really makes an amazing historical case of the disenfranchisement that led up directly to the Flint water crisis, starting from the great migration of African-American families up north to manufacturing jobs in the 20s, to white flight from the urban centers in the 60s, to the appointing of emergency managers due to the bankruptcies of these cities from loss of tax revenue. The, those same emergency managers in Flint who chose to change the water supply to save money and ended up poisoning the citizens with lead. Dr. Mona said that 50% of African Americans in Michigan live in, in cities or towns with governor-appointed emergency managers that they did not elect and who don't even report to the citizens. They only reported it to the governor, whereas only something like 6% of white Americans in Michigan live under emergency managers. So that just tells you a story about disparity, and it shows that the Flint water crisis is enmeshed in much bigger things that were at work. Uh, but Dr. Mona had some advice for drinking the safest water possible, which I wanted to share. She said to only use cold water for drinking and cooking, since the hot water running through pipes can make any chemicals that are in the pipes leach out faster into the water. And also, let the cold water tap run until the water is actually cold. And that's letting you know that you flushed all the water that's been sitting in the pipes first. Then also, unscrew the aerators that are on the end of the faucets regularly and clean them with soap and water and make sure there's no junk inside of the aerator. There's a family that she knew about in Flint who had buried, like really bad lead levels in the, in the tap water. And part of it is because pieces of lead metal had fallen off of the pipes and was lodged in the aerator. So every time water came through the faucet, it was picking up more lead at the very end. Um, and finally, get a replaceable faucet filter that, uh, that is rated to remove lead. Uh, one other cool extracurricular that I joined last week was the mountain biking interest group at school. They just formed a club for that, and I got to try the local mountain bike trail for the first time since moving to Kalamazoo. It was really fun and awesome exercise, and I slept better than I had for a long time. Um, speaking of sleeping well, I'm going to sign off for now. I have some exciting chapters to read before bed and lectures to prepare for, so that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Please let me know if you have any ideas or questions by emailing me at brot at fastmail.com. Have a great week.